Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back, everybody. And today, we have a very special episode on The Deal Board. We talk a lot about buying and selling businesses, but there's another growth opportunity um, that we think is actually the way Transworld grew, and so we think is a great way to grow, but is growing through franchising your business. So we've got a couple great interviews today, right, Andy? We do have a couple great interviews. We have Brady Lee from Accurate Franchising, who partners with us to help Transworld uh, companies that want to franchise. They are There are partners in our back office uh, helping us help people consider franchising and moving forward and getting it to the point where they can now franchise their business. So that's a great interview from an expert in the franchising business. Uh, and we also have uh, the CEO of You Got Maids. And that's a great interview. Frank does a great job. Uh, so he's a, uh, we love success stories, right? And Frank's a great success story talking about his, his uh, how he got started in You Got Maids. And it's a real lesson and just uh, understanding what it takes to franchise your business and kind of, we, we, we love the, when, and the, how he's been using us to help him expand. Yep. Yeah. So franchising is a great way to grow. Um, it's, it's often like it appears to be very complicated, but between Brady and Frank, you'll get a real world perspective on how you could grow your business through franchising and, and what to expect in that process. Um, We've seen lots of businesses that have worked with Transworld that have grown, that have franchised after one, two, three locations and grown to national and sometimes even international companies. Yeah. So I, I, I think uh, the interview with Frank Berger is perfect. The interview with Brady Lee is perfect. Uh, you are going to uh, get a real sense for what it takes to franchise your business. And even if you're not franchising your business, it's just great stories about how to build your business and how to uh, stick to itness and uh, how to have uh, uh, Frank talks a lot about his values and how he wants the best for his employees and how he wants the best for his customers. It's just a, a refreshing interview of a real success story. Awesome. Well, we hope you enjoy the show today. So let's get to it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey everybody, we're back and we have a very special guest. I have Brady Lee from Accurate Franchising Inc., uh, a company at my partner's company at United Franchise Group. And, you know, we want to talk about the franchising industry again. It is a huge industry growing. We are in a new decade and I certainly don't see franchising slowing down anytime soon. And welcome, Brady. Do you see franchising slowing down anytime soon? 
Uh, thanks for having me, Andy. And no, not at all. I mean, uh, franchising, I'm a little bit biased. I've been in franchising my entire life. Right. Um, but, you know, franchising is, it's booming right now. And, uh, you know, from the development side, you know, we're developing more new concepts really than accurate franchising you know, than we ever have. Um, but also just, you know, the existing franchisors adding new franchisees. It's, uh, you know, things are, things are definitely going really great right now. Yeah, it's an exploding, and we see that at Transworld. Obviously, one of the things we do here at Transworld is help people become a franchise, and uh, we do partner with Brady and his team in that effort. And and so we see more and more companies thinking about franchising, and the, so the industry obviously exploding. We see a lot of food franchises, right? Right, right. Yeah, QSR, quick service restaurants are huge segment of um, the franchise industry. They make up about 20, 25% of the industry. Um, but really within the QSR segment, the health, healthy concepts are really um, starting to uh, really start to pop up a lot all over the place. You know, you have the, those poke shops and um, really more businesses focused on health as opposed to just that traditional kind of fast food. Yeah, well, we, we could only all hope, right? You know, we could certainly uh, use a little bit more health food here in the United States. and But uh, franchising is worldwide, right? I, I know you've, you've lived in Australia for a while right. and uh, worked on franchising there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've lived in Australia twice, actually, um, most recently back in 2018. And, um, you know, all over the world, we've we've seen franchising really take strides over the last, you know, five, 10 years or so, you know, we, a United Franchise Group, we're a little bit different because we sell a master license in other countries. So to right. where somebody will basically purchase the right to franchising one of our brands in that particular country. Um, and we've really seen that model work really well because we're not going into other countries and kind of forcing an American concept, you know, in France, um, right. We're working with somebody locally in uh, the country who can take our brand and kind of mold it to their market and really help us grow that way. Right. And so let's talk about why should a business consider being a franchise? Well, there's there's a lot of advantages to franchising, you know, as, a poor, as opposed to just corporate growth. Um, and just because you franchise doesn't mean you still can't grow corporately and continue to open up corporate locations. But um, to me one of the biggest advantages is it's a lot less liability. You know, if you have a restaurant that's doing really well, you have to go to open up another restaurant. You have to sign a new lease. You have to um, pay for all the build out. You have to pay for the construction, not to mention all the employees you have to hire and you have to um, manage all of that. So with franchising, it's a great way to grow nationally and even internationally without actually having to go through all the hassles of, building out locations and hiring and managing employees. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really a partnership. I mean, that's what was attractive to Transworld. Transworld is an AFI and United Franchise Group product as well. And it really helped us expand worldwide, not only, you know, throughout the United States, but it's helped us expand worldwide. And we were just uh, made a big jump on the, uh, on the uh, Franchise 500 right. for Entrepreneur Magazine. So we're very proud of that. I think we were the... Biggest jump by any brand in the fi franchise 500. Yeah, and, and especially a brand that's, you know, as established as Transworld is, it's cool to see 
the continued growth year over year and not just getting complacent or stagnant. Right. So you deal with a lot of business owners that are thinking about becoming a franchise. And so what would you like tell those owners, uh, you know, what's some of the things that they need to do first, even before they even think about becoming a franchise? Yeah, well, you know, we get asked all the time, you know, is my business franchisable? You know, is, would my business make a good franchise? And there's a lot of factors that go into what makes a good franchise company. And um, it even depends on industry, but we have a kind of a rule of thumb at AFI uh, to where if we have a kind of narrowed it down to a top three, that if you don't at least kind of tick these three boxes, you probably shouldn't consider franchising, Mm -hmm. at least not right now. And the first and most importantly is, do you have a proven model? You know, do you have a concept with a, with a track record that, you know, obviously is, is showing profitability, you know, profitability yeah, sure. is very important because anybody who's looking to buy a franchise wants to be able to see how they can make money. Um, but beyond that, you don't really, we, we deal with a lot of people that just kind of have an idea or right. they, they have a, in their mind, they have a, con, a concept that they think would be a great franchise and it could be a great idea. But if you're not at least willing to take the time to really kind of fine tune it and make sure that it's actually a really good working model it's going to be very hard to get other people to actually pay you to uh, want to be a part of that network. Right. So you got to prove the model by opening the first location. Correct. And I've heard you guys say that you might want them to open a second location just to show that the first one wasn't a fluke, say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the not, and it's not to say that we haven't had clients that have just, you know, on, only had one location because we do, but always having multiple locations is great because you're, showing somebody that it's not a fluke, just like you said, and you're, you're duplicating the model, which is very important. That's kind of our second, our second uh, point is you need to have something that is duplicatable and replicable. Sure. Um, You know, you need to have processes and systems in place that you can actually teach somebody, you know, and being able to have multiple locations, you've already duplicated it, you know, so you can't, and, and you can't just say, well, this, this guy is doing really well at this location because you know, it's a high traffic area or, you know, he's got a great anchor store or whatever, but you're also opening yourself up to widening your base of potential buyers as well. Because, you know, if you're, if you're an owner operator, who's in the business 24 seven, always, always there, you're going to kind of eliminate people that may just want to invest in something that may just want to hire a manager and, uh, have that manager run the location, but obviously, if you if you have three locations, you can't be at three places at one at one time. So you're already showing them that this business can work with a with with a manager. That is sort of the e myth, the, the approach to that business. Their business should have a process. So what's the third thing? Uh, the third thing is, you know, do you have a differentiator? Really, what makes you different? Mm. And uh, we get people all the time, especially restaurants that say, when we ask them, you know, what makes you different? What makes you unique? And they say, well, my food's great and I have great customer service. Yeah. Okay. That's great. You know, you definitely want to have that, but every restaurant owner pretty much of all time is going to say they have good food and they have good customer service. You know, what else makes you different? Right. Uh, Do you have a special way that you market? Do you have a great branding? Do you have different types of products? You know, do you have a certain way that the business is run that's kind of unique? Um, so those are the, having something that really, that makes you different and makes you stand out is really important. As well. Right. And, and it's all, a, a, while food is 20% of the franchise 500. So we just looked that up. 
it's not all about food, right? No. The franchising industry is expanding in other areas. Sure, yeah. You know, healthcare is a big one. Um, a lot of, you know, there's a, a the, the baby boomers are retiring and getting older, and um, that's going to be really, I think, on the horizon, that's the next big franchising, you know, the next big industry in franchising is going to be, you know, senior elderly healthcare. Senior healthcare, and we're even seeing it perhaps in some of the, and some of the urgent care things and and, yeah. and, and and other, and sometimes there's a lot of non-medical stuff, transportation, things like that. Sure, well. yeah. I mean, fitness industry is always big. Um, that's getting to be a little bit saturated with all of the, sure. in the last five years or so. Um, but just, you know, some home, just a, a lot of the, I don't like saying home-based businesses, you know, kind of like Transworld. We don't like to say Transworld's a home-based business, but more of the virtual office-based businesses where, you're not at a retail location 12 hours a day. You can relatively make your own schedule. It's still being your own boss and make a good living. Those are becoming a lot more attractive to people. Well, well. We're, and we're seeing that. I, you know, I just did a show a little bit while ago about the 20 predictions for the next decade. Or, and, and I think the, for, and one of the predictions was the, the solo entrepreneur. Yep. and how that's growing, the gig economy. Yep. And it would just make sense that somebody's going to figure out something to franchise in that in that industry. So you're seeing that. Sure, yeah. I mean, obviously everybody everybody who comes up with a new idea says they're going to be the, the Uber of this, you know, right. or the, you know, whatever, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, there's a lot of um, businesses and franchises out there that are really starting to pop up that, you know, it's, you're not buying a job. You know, right. it's more of you're buying kind of a lifestyle and you're, and you're buying a, a way to kind of make your own, make your own living, but also right. kind of make your own schedule and right. be your own boss. So the, the other thing that, you know, I know your company does, our company does is help franchises that are already franchises. So what do you see out there? What's the biggest mistake that once they become a franchise, what don't they do well? I think the biggest mistake that franchisors, especially the new franchisors make, is they sell franchises to people that are not going to be good franchisees or that are not franchisees. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Right. You know, uh, you know sure. people could say the say all the right things up front and then they end up not actually doing anything that they're saying. But when they sell those franchises and they grow quickly and everybody's really excited about the new the hot new concept and they have franchisees that are not good for the business and are not doing well. They're not proactive with covering their resales. Right. What we, uh, you know, I know we talk about a lot with. Yeah, we talk a lot. Yeah, sure. But, but they're, and when I say they're not proactive, they're kind of, they're seeing that their people are not a right, not the right fit, whether it's, whether it's a, from a skill standpoint, from a mentality standpoint or, or whatever, they just see it's not working out and they kind of rely on the franchisee to say, okay, well, he'll figure it out right. or maybe he'll find a buyer or whatever. The, the, what you can't have, you can't have stores close. Right. You know, so, and if once you start to have stores close, that really starts to have kind of a trickle effect on you being able to sell and you other having discontent with all the other franchisees. Right. So making sure that you're proactive with these people and having the conversation with saying, look, this obviously isn't working. You know, I can't imagine you're happy. You're not making money. We're right. not happy because you're not performing to, to what we want a franchisee to perform. Let's move on. Let's, let's find someone else. Let's get you at, let's get you some money back and uh, let's move on to yes. the next step of your. So life. really being, you know, managing 
the franchise. You know, it's just not franchise open it up and just sit back, right? It, it, there's yeah. a lot of work involved in keeping a franchise going, ongoing training, all those kind of things. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, it's the support uh, of the franchisees because the first initial batch of franchisees are critical, you know, and it's the first five, 10, 15. Obviously, if you want to you want all of your franchisees to do well, you know, no matter if you're McDonald's sure. or if you're a brand that just has their fifth franchisee. But if a number 23,001 of McDonald's isn't successful, it's not really going to hurt their brand very much. Right. But if you're a new brand and you're, and you have five locations and number two and number four are failing and that's, you know, that's a big chunk of your, of your, right. uh, that's your bad. system. It's now. all hands on deck. Right. Exactly. So making sure those initial franchisees are successful are really going to help you out long-term because Obviously, you know, our, our, we have a mission statement at United Franchise Group. We have one customer, a franchisee, they're successful. When they're successful, we're successful. And that's important for a couple of reasons, because obviously the, from a royalty standpoint, the more money that they make and the, the better they do, the better that the franchisor does. You make more money from, from that standpoint. That's obvious. But from the franchise sales standpoint, if you have a bunch of franchisees that aren't happy and aren't successful, they're not going to lie to potential prospects and say they are. So right. you have to make sure that they are happy and they are successful and that'll help you sell more franchises in the long run. All right. And, and any other sort of, as we wrap this up, uh, you know, as a franchise gets bigger and they start to have, they get past that first five, 10, 20 uh, franchisees, you know, what are you seeing from some of the more established brands that they, that they, they need to do, or they could use, you know, Transworld's help. Yeah, you picked one really good one, yeah. resales, right. right? We could we could help them resale, and you could give them that guidance. But what else? Well, you know, resales is always going to be a, a huge thing, and I know we already talked about that. But I think another mistake that we see with some brands is that, you know, they kind of stick to their laurels about what got them there, you know, and they don't evolve, and they don't listen to their franchisees from the standpoint of new products, new services, whatever they need to do. So um, we always say we get most of our best ideas from our franchisees. Sure. We have, you know, with all of our brands, we have 1600 franchisees in 80 different countries. And what a good franchisor does is take all those ideas that they're coming up with and maybe tweaking them a little bit and facilitating them to all the rest of the franchisees. So, you know, the franchisors that kind of say, you know, it's my way or the highway. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we've always done it. And you're going to continue to do it that way. You know, what, what, what got you there isn't always going to keep you. Right. And, and, and that's what we're, we are here to do at Transworld is the, the N at AFI to work with franchisors uh, that are either in the beginning stages or pre-beginning stages. We'll help them become a franchise or we'll help them uh, once they become a franchise market and sell those franchises. And of course, uh, you have a, a, a myriad of consulting services to help those more established brands. Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously we, what we talked about before, we always help with the initial stages of setting people up as a franchise, but we're not really in the business to set somebody up as a, as a franchisor and say, okay, now you're on your own. Um, we want to continue to work with those, with those cost, um, those clients and, um, we have plenty of clients that we didn't actually even set up. Right. That got set up somewhere else maybe 10 years ago, and they want some consulting um, help just from an operational standpoint and uh, if obviously from a franchise sales standpoint as well. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Brady and his team do a great job. And if you want to know more, 
give your local trans world a call or give us a call. I'll be happy to set you up with Brady and his team at AFI. And uh, Brady, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is Deal of the Week, and we have a great deal. And this just shows you the power of trans world. I love when we get a great buyer and a great seller together. And this is a great story that involves multiple offices here at Transworld, which we love to do. And I'll let them tell that story. But I have on the line with me, Mike LaCates from Transworld Business Advisors of Delmarva. And I also have Melissa Patel from Transworld Business Advisors of DC Metro. And they got together and did a nice deal. And we'll start with Mike. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the deal? Sure. We were referred uh, this large landscaping company by a referral source of ours who the owner was trying to sell the business himself to a competitor. And the deal fell apart after about six months. And they were looking for a trusted advisor to help them sell their business because they obviously didn't know what they were doing and they knew that they needed help. So they reached out to us. We did a marketing package for them. Uh, we listed it in our trans world network. And within a short period of time, uh, Melissa Patel, the DC office had reached out to us that they had, a potential buyer, a bigger company in their area who was looking to expand to the Atlantic Coast area, which is where I'm from. And the deal made sense. It settled. It was an all-cash offer. And the owner got what they were looking for. And the new buyer got what they were looking for. And it's just the power of the brand and the network that the trans world offices and the co-broking mechanism that you have with such a company as Transworld. And Melissa, I'll let you go ahead and talk about your your buyer. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, again, uh, piggybacking on what Mike was saying, it is the power of Transworld and really business brokerage brokerage in general. You know, we need to co-broke. We need to get sellers and buyers in the right place, right time, and really focus on working together as an industry, just like real estate does. And so at Transworld, you know, our offices um, that are close in, in a regional setting, we, we talk all the time about our listings and how we can manage buyers and sellers. And that's exactly what the DC Metro office and the Delmarva office uh, does really on a monthly basis or so. And I reached out to a contact that I had at uh, the Chamber of Commerce here locally and, you know, ask them if they were looking to expand and grow through acquisition. And that's not really traditional of their company, but they were interested specifically in this particular area and the business itself because it was a commercial landscaping company. Um, they loved the land. They loved the business model. Uh, they, you know, even the first meeting with the seller, uh, the buyers were pretty much ready to hug. The buyer and seller were ready to hug each other. Um, it was just a good business fit. And so again, this goes back to the power of co-broking and really getting buyers and sellers, you know, together um, as soon as we can to transact the deal. Yeah, it sounds great. And so give us a little of the particulars, uh, you know, Melissa, how much uh, did the deal sell for? The deal sold for, uh, it was 1.7, uh, plus there was an earn out of around 700,000. Right. And so the the company, Mike, how much was the company making? Well, uh, I believe the SDE was right around 700,000. Right. So a nice deal about a, a, at least a three and a half time multiple, right? 
Yeah. Right, and including real estate. Yeah. Yeah. They had a lot of land. Okay. So so it sounds like a good deals for good people, as we always say. Uh, you know, thank you both of you for uh, continuing to do a great job of getting together in the area. And uh, that's what we do. You know, we have uh, over 600 brokers throughout the system and we're constantly looking to uh, network these deals and get the best buyer for the best seller. So, uh, Mike, any parting thoughts? Uh, and, you know, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Sure. They can they can reach out, uh, you know, on, on my Trans World website. I have uh, the Trans World Delmarva office, Delaware in Maryland, uh, in Lacate at SeaWorld.com. And again, this deal would have never happened. Uh, we had a couple of offers from some local uh, local businesses. It, it took a, uh, a, a team uh, approach, you know, with co-brokering with the offices to get this deal done for both parties. If I was an independent broker, I would have never, I would have still be sitting on this listing. Oh, that's great. And Melissa, uh, how best to get in touch with you and any parting thoughts? Sure. Um, again, uh, parting thoughts are really, you know, right place, right time and, and, and conversations between, um, business brokerage offices. Um, you can get in touch with me. Just call me on my cell phone, 202-800-4060. All right. Thank you both for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we love talking to entrepreneurs, and that's what we have right now. We have Frank Berger from You've Got Maids. And I was speaking to Frank just before this, and I asked him, I said, you're the franchisor, correct? And he said, I'm the franchisor, I'm the CEO, and I was the first maid. So, Frank, uh, there's nothing better than entrepreneurs that roll up their sleeves and get the job done. So tell us a little bit about being the first maid at you got you've got maids. Well, Andrew, it was lonely being the first maid. <laughs> Luckily, I had a team of two or three house cleaners that I'd go out with, and uh, I felt that I couldn't stop being in the customers' houses. And after a couple months, I realized the only way for the business to grow was for me to actually take on a managerial role. And uh, um, and I stepped back from the cleaning, although for the first year or so, I, I did jump in from time to time. Uh, sometimes because they needed me. Sometimes because uh, I just wanted to see how a certain team was working in the field. Uh, ran the very first uh, two You've Got Maids. The first one was in Orlando. The second one, uh, uh, I wanted to see it in a different type of market. Now, Orlando has a, a national sports team, right? Sure. And the second location was Charleston, South Carolina, a city which is very charming, but it will never have a national sports team. And I wanted to make sure that we could be successful in a large market. And a smaller market, and uh, and what I've learned is we can be successful in even in micro markets. Uh, I see that you went to Lehigh University. Our number, sometimes the number one, but uh, uh, right now it's the number two location in the country is Quakertown, Pennsylvania. There you go. Which I believe is in close to Lehigh. Correct? Yes, Quakertown is close to Lehigh. And, yeah, and just to, just to figure we could do so well in a market like that, it's just. Uh, Sometimes it just blows my mind. So tell me a little bit, uh, take one step back, and why did you start You Got Maids? I have always wanted to work for myself. Uh, when I was in college at Temple University, my one Christmas, my mother gave me this book. It's called In Search of Excellence, and it was uh, Domino's Pizza This, Tom Monahan That. And, you know, I never thought I would be in the pizza industry, but all of a sudden I'm out of school. And 
I wanted to own my own business. And I remembered that book and that Domino's had a great training program. So I said, okay, well, I have no actual, I have a business degree, but I don't have, actually, I've never run a business. So I worked for Domino's for a year and a half. Uh, there's, you had to work for them back then for a year, and then they would sell you a franchise. They would award you a franchise. Mm-hmm. I learned a ton. I, I managed uh, supervised stores in North Jersey and uh, in New York. And uh, had a lot of fun. And then I opened up uh, Domino's in uh, South Carolina. And then later on, I had one of the busiest uh, Domino's pizzas, at least at the peak of our season, which would be in the summer uh, in Ocean City, New Jersey. Uh, so I did that for the longest time. And uh, uh, we were buying real estate. Uh, and eventually, uh, after about 15 years of doing that, my wife said, uh, you don't need to do this anymore. We could just, you know, manage our, our real estate. Hmm. And uh, and I was working a ton of hours in the food business. And I got to tell you, Andrew, I was constantly in fear of being shot in the food business. There's, there's a lot of money there. It was cash. Right. Uh, credit cards had just come in. So there's a lot of cash every single night. And, you know, it doesn't not have to be a brain surgeon to know where you can get quick cash uh, after 9 o'clock. And so I was constantly concerned that this, this could be the last night. So I gave that all up. And uh, we were just going to do the real estate, but I got to tell you, I couldn't sit still. It was, uh, it wasn't enough and uh, started looking for other businesses to get into. And I had somebody in my neighborhood that had uh, just bought a Molly Maids franchise. And while the other neighbors weren't all that impressed with him and what he was doing, uh, I was watching him because I knew how businesses ran. Right. And so all my corporate friends were looking at him to go, geez, clean houses. But but I saw a guy that was having fun and he was making money and I talked to him about it. And then, uh, uh since that area wasn't available for Molly maids, I, you know, I went and talked to other Molly maids and then Murray maids and the maids and all this. And I was just trying to figure out who the number one franchise was in the maid service industry. Because remember I'd been in franchising for 15 years, yet I had no knowledge of this industry. I didn't know it existed. And, uh, it's a very simple business model. They, Basically, we clean a house, then we leave the house, and then the dog and the kids and the cats start making the house dirty all over again, and they're happy <laughs> to see us come back in a week or two. That's great. And, and, and as long as you you know do right by the customer, they don't fire you that often. It's very rare. Um, the, the attrition rate is very low, and not just you've got maids. I'm saying for all of us, the attrition rate is like three percent four percent wow maybe it's it's so once you have a customer it's easy to keep them and so i saw this as a business model and i was looking at all the franchises that were out there and i didn't know any of them and um i thought you know what my entire life has led up to this moment i'd like to create my own brand and so that's what i did i created came up with five different brand names i bought the urls for all of them and then uh, um went to a brand uh consultancy that was uh, pretty expensive and i said okay which one of these is the best and uh they came up with you've got made it wasn't my favorite of the five but they said no this one's sticky people are going to remember it remember that was not so long after you've got mail right? right and uh um and i thought that even once people forgot about what a dial-up tone sounded like and never we were excited to say oh wow we've got mail right you were right. excited now we have like we do anything we can not to, to not to get mail. So I uh, uh, went with you've got maids because the guy said it was sticky, and you know what? It was people remember it. 
we have these things called Maymobiles. We wrap them up. They got bubbles all over them. In fact, I, I'm buying one right now that I'm going to drive down to Florida uh, later on this month, and I'm going to drive up to North Carolina and Virginia and then over to the Midwest. It's going to be a wrap Maymobile, just like is in all our different locations, right? It's, uh, it's, it's rather sharp looking. And uh, it's kind of funny. It's got the logo in the back window, of course. And, and when people are sitting behind me, specifically two women are sitting behind me at a red light, I can, you know, I look up in the mirror and I can see them mouth the words, you've got made. Of course, I can't hear anything. And then they smile and they might laugh, right? right? And it is sticky. People remember the name. And it's, you know, I think that even after AOL is uh, a distant memory, it's, you know, life's better when you've got maids. Right. It is. And it's easy to remember. Uh, so that's what we do. Um, what else do you want to know about our business? Well, I, you know, so you decided the franchise and you decided yeah. to use that as an expansion tool. And you talked about it, which I love, you know, good entrepreneurs know that they don't know everything and they seek out help. And so you sought out a brand oh. expert. Uh, and I then, did. and you, and you've been working with one of our brokers as well, uh, to help expand oh. and to help trade businesses. And to tell us a little bit about, you know, well, Michael Shea in Orlando is amazing. I, I, I ran into him because he put a card in my uh, door, but it wasn't a regular business card. It was like a folded over $20 bill. Yeah. Right. But, then, but yeah. when you unfold it, it was like, it said, Hey, I'm Michael Shea. I, I'm a business broker. And I thought, this guy stuck this in my door. I had just opened up. I had no intention of selling, but I said, this has to be, this is cool. I'm going to put this at the bottom of my drawer. And if I ever need to sell the business, I, I will call him. And, and sure enough, when we opened up the second location in Orlando, Orlando was first. Right. And then we opened up Charleston and I ran both Orlando and Charleston for five years. Mm -hmm. And uh, from, from, a, cause I, I wanted to prove a business model because as I was doing my research for this industry, I visited 52 different businesses, most of them franchised, but not all, that were doing a half a million to $6 million in revenues. Wow. And I and I was looking for the best practices from all of them. And, and one of them that I found very interesting was this, was this fellow that had uh, was doing $3.2 million. And he said to me, he had, three, he had four locations. Uh, three were in Alabama and one was in Atlanta, um, in Georgia. And... Uh, and I remember him sitting with him and he said uh, everything was run out of one central location. They had different hubs, these, you know, offices where the maids would meet and there'd be someone in charge. But, you know, the routing, the phone calls, all that, all the computer work was done out of one central location. Mm. And I thought, man, that's the way to grow. And he sat there. I remember at dinner time, he sat there and said, you know, we're doing $3.2 million a year now, but I, I could see us doing $10 million. And, uh, I, I know for a fact that he's doing seven million now, right? And that's fifteen years later. But uh, it got me excited about it, so I wanted to prove the hub and spoke uh, uh, method that you that all your locations don't have to be in the same city, right? And so I ran Orlando and Charleston at the same time. That's great, um, and that's how we started it. And uh, one of the things I haven't discussed is, you know, a lot of it at the time that we were doing this, a lot of my friends uh, uh, were going on mission trips. They were going to Africa and building water, you know, water uh, wells and filtration systems and stuff like this. And, and I thought, you yeah, know, that's really cool. And I hats off to them and I, you know, I supported them, but that wasn't my thing. I, I figured there's a lot of people right here in America that need help. 
And what I've learned is that the independent house cleaners that work for, you know, people uh, just by themselves, they often uh, are not treated all that well. They're, you know, they're, they're asked to do extra work. They're, they're uh, uh, not compensated as well as they should be. They're not, you know, they're often uh, maybe a check behind. There's no reason for that. Also, the hotel maids. Also, there's a group of people that if you talk to the hotel maids, they typically don't work for the hotel. They typically work for a staffing agency, and they tr- typically are not all that happy with the way they're being treated. Right. And I thought, you know, this is mostly a, this is a group of mostly single moms in a crunch. And I thought, man, oh, man, if I could make their lives better, then I would be doing something great. And, and if, you know, you know how to make your customers love you, Andrew? How? You make your maids love you first. <laughs> it doesn't work any other way. So, so my goal was to, and you listen, we, we don't have this perfect yet at every location. We don't. But we have a plan. And in some locations, it's working amazingly well. Uh, it's called the You've Got Maids Way, the YGM Way. And it's a, it's a, it's a three pillars. One is about pricing. One is about routing. You know, and our software helps figure out what all that stuff, the best way to do all that stuff. And then the last one is about the associates, you know, the, the maids. And it makes sure they're paid well and uh, they're trained well. We have a thing called Maid University that does all the training for the maids so that our franchisees can just slap some headphones on them and say, okay, we're taking bathrooms 101 today. Now you're going to go clean bathrooms. Wow. And then they get evaluated. You pass that, you get to take kitchens 102. And we have ongoing training with all the house cleaners because I, I believe that in business, there should be no graduation date. And uh, uh, so we have like little micro classes that take three to five minutes that they listen to on a Wednesday morning. And then, and then, uh, um, then the manager or, of that office is encouraged to ask each one of them to answer a couple questions, right? So wow. that they're all involved in the discussion. And uh, it seems to be working. I got to tell you, one of the one of the franchises that I'm that I'm I'm so proud of so many of them. But let me just point out, uh, there's one in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and it's one of the highest volume units in our country in our in the country for our company. Oh, it's and a nice she place. Loves. Oh my God, it's a great place to visit. And she loves on her house cleaners. She does, but you know, she doesn't abide by them if they don't love their customers first, right? And we are averaging in in Asheville. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm just going to say it. Um, close to twenty dollars an hour for the maid. Wow! And you know, in our market, in this world, if you could pay your house cleaners twenty dollars an hour. In uh, a you know, you're going to have you're going to have good people, people that love to clean stay. You're going to have good people. You are. And they, and they love her and her customers. If you look at her customer reviews, um, for like two years, she had nothing but fives. And I kept telling her, Nicole, you got to get something less than a five. It doesn't look real. Right? <laughs> give, give me something here. Give somebody, someone's got to give you a 4.5 or something like that. Eventually, she did get somebody that right. didn't give her a perfect score. And, uh, um, and it's not like I would wish that on her, but I, it, it just did look too, it looked too perfect. Yeah. Um, but God's honest truth. That's exactly what she was. She was uh, her customers love her up there because her maids love her first. Right. So, and it, that's what we're looking to do. So, if if I truly want the franchisees to win, because they the franchisees have to win before me as the franchisor. I knew this getting into it, but in order for the franchisees to win, the maids have to win. 
Now, if I can do that where the maids are winning and the franchisees winning, the customer better be winning too. It's the only way it works. If one of those people aren't, you know, having a great experience, well, you know, if it's the customer, well, you're going to get fired pretty soon, aren't you? Right. Or if like the customer is real happy and the, and the franchisee is real happy, but the maids are like, oh, I'm hardly making $10 an hour, $12 an hour. And, uh, uh, well, they're going to be quitting. They're not going to be happy with their jobs. And then the customer's eventually going to say, well, you know, I'm always having all new faces in my house. Right. This isn't working for me. They're not going to like So that. it's just not going to work. And, of course, if the franchise owner, the franchisee is not making money, they're eventually going to sell it or close down. Right. So I think all three have to win. And so that's where I spend all my time, all my attention, focusing on those three pillars of uh, the YGM way. And uh, I keep preaching the same stuff over and over. I'm going down to uh, uh, Tampa to meet with franchisees from uh, 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 the Southeast. We have uh, we have a group of uh, from headquarters going to uh, uh, San Antonio this week. They're leaving tonight. Uh, they're going to be. Uh, uh, they might have a little bit more fun because they get to wear cowboy hats and, and cowboy boots down there. But they they're going to San Antonio and uh, they're having a group of franchisees meet them there. Um, and, uh, just to go over what we do and, right. uh, to get better at what we, and learn from the franchise owners. Cause I'll tell you, I, I learn a ton from them every single day. Well, I, I think you brought up like 10 great points that we see in great entrepreneurs like you, that they're never satisfied, uh, that they, they believe in further education, that they believe in all kinds of other, uh, that they believe in making people happy that they, uh, you know, always have their nose, nose to the grindstone and know the business. So Frank, that's, uh, that's all incredible. Uh, you know, just on, on the way out here, uh, what, what's the future of you? You've got maids. Well, uh, we have approximately a hundred locations right now. We're growing. Um, I think we're the seventh largest maid service in America. I want to keep growing. I'm having fun doing this, meeting new people and, Seeing my franchisee succeed, uh, I'm, I'm working the job that I that I hope to spend the rest of my life doing. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't have to do this. I want to do this. I, you know, I, you know, until uh, until last year, I mean, I, I wasn't paying myself anything. My my accountant yeah. finally said, "You got to pay yourself five hundred dollars a week," you know, and because I, I, I was like, I don't need to. I, I just love what I'm doing, and uh, I, I love that people are being successful by doing what we're doing, and uh, and Believe it or not, I love the challenges, you know, um, it's fun. And, and listen, I am sorry. I'm a little wound up. Uh, somebody it's four o'clock in the afternoon here, East coast. Somebody just gave me a cup of coffee before your call. And, uh, uh, I'll probably tell them to tone down the caffeine on me. No, it's great. I love it. I love the energy. I love the excitement about business. That's what we love in entrepreneurs. We love entrepreneurial stories like this. Hey, you're growing, you're going to continue to grow. Uh, we're proud to help you at Transworld, uh, help you grow in that growth. And, uh, you know, we love, uh, you know, we love when, when our buyers win, our sellers win, the customers win. That's what it's all about. Well, you have a heck of a company. You have a heck of a partner there with uh, uh, Mike Shea. And uh, um, I have nothing but good to say about him. Uh, we appreciate your business and we appreciate working with You've Got Maids. And if you want to know more, Frank, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wants to know more about getting, a, you, getting, getting into the system? 
Well, I'll tell you what, you can email me directly. My email is fberger, that's B-E-R-G-E-R, at you'vegotmaids.com. Just give me a ring. That's it. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, you call me or you email me, tell me a, a little bit about you. I'll, I'll schedule a call with you and, uh, or a member of my staff. Uh, but if, if somebody hears me on this, I'll talk to them. That's great. Great stuff. Thanks, Frank. Thanks for coming in today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is Listing of the Week. And we have a very interesting business here. Uh, we have Charles Palmer from Transworld Business Advisors of Nashville. And he has a emerging company uh, with multiple locations looking to sell. And this is a, a, could be a much bigger opportunity for someone. So, Charles, why don't you tell us about it? Hey, Andy, thanks for the invite today. Wow, we've got a really incredible business opportunity for somebody who's got the capital to get into the business. Uh, we've got a call center with three U.S. locations, two in Tennessee and one in Texas. Uh, and this business has only been operating for about 18 months. Uh, their first 12 months in business generated over $100,000 in monthly sales volume. Um, and that was only operating off one location. Uh, they operated their, opened their second location uh, 12 months into the business and just opened their third location in Texas uh, just four months ago. Mm. Uh, with these three call centers operating all together, uh, we expect their monthly sales call volume to be about $200,000 per month. Uh, and looking at your standard guide, this is not your normal two times SDE type of business. Uh, the, the multipliers is based off that monthly sales gross. Uh, and so they understand they're a, a young business. So they're not asking for a top dollar on this one. Uh, so for a $200,000 uh, monthly sales volume at 10 times to 12 times uh, sales volume would be two to $2.4 million. They're not asking for quite that much. They're only asking for $1.8 million. Uh, seller financing is available on this one. They're only asking for uh, $900,000 down, and that seller uh, can finance the rest of that note over a five-year term. Uh, so just a really incredible opportunity for somebody who's got some a down payment. Uh, we're also uh, researching the SBA financing on this one. It might be a little tricky given the age of the business itself, but I think uh, once this um, – Thing with the virus is over. The SBA is going to really open up some uh, some some generous things to help out small businesses that are struggling. Yeah, so we, if you've got the cash, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Andy. No, yeah, we see that. We see that often. So if you got the cash, right, this is a good deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the upside is nothing but uh, positive. Um, they've only, they've got less than 50 employees, so they're under that threshold of having to provide those full benefits. Um, they're absolutely capable of of just. Uh, streamlining past 50 employees. The only thing that's limiting this business right now is the, the number of operators uh, because, as you know, the call center industry has just been booming over the last five years, especially with U.S. call center locations. And we think the upside on this one is just limitless given the, uh, the interest rate with uh, refinances and things like now. Uh, the call centers are just going to explode over the next few years. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. Uh, things are going to be... Uh rolling along in the call center business. We've seen it before. So if someone wanted to get in touch with you, learn more about this, uh, how best? Uh, so the best way to reach me is on my cell phone. That's area code 615-962-4464. Or you can reach me on email at cpalmer, P-A-L-M-E-R, at 
stworld.com and make sure you reach out fast because we've already gotten several inquiries on this business already. Yeah, we'll, we'll get this one out there soon. Thank you, Charles, for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Andy. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing.